Nij, we are back for a new season. It's good to see you. You look good. Thank you. It's good to see you too, AJ. I always enjoy my time down here with you in uh, your neck of the woods. Yes, we just went and had some Thai food. We get to talk for a little bit today. Yeah. Yeah, I hope you had a good spring break. What are we talking about today? You know, I we're on this long-term journey of reflecting on the messy Christian life. We talk about what it's like to follow Jesus in this meandering uh, wood uh, that that we live in in faith. And um, I read a recent article that I want to talk about by my friend Mike Moore, who's one of my uh, co-workers at Northern Seminary. That's not an advertisement, it's just a fact. Uh, he wrote an article for Christianity Today called The Rise of the Ums, U-M-M-S. So this is a clever way of distinguishing a group from the nuns and the duns. So the mm. nuns have uh, no Christian faith, the duns have left the Christian faith. And, and Mike talks about the ums, mm-hmm. which are people who have experienced disorientation, disillusionment, distancing from churches, physical churches, but they still love Jesus and they have a Christian faith, but they're finding themselves struggling to engage with a local church. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of this is that feeling of suspicion of um, organized churches that that have people in a front office somewhere making decisions. Yeah, right. Um, I live in Portland, Oregon, and uh, for those of you that don't follow Portland news. We have um, a, a women's soccer team, the Portland Thorns, and uh, there's been some scandals there with a coach mm. who had committed some misconduct yep. with some of the players, and uh, apparently the the organization um, didn't really do much about this. Now there's new stuff coming out on uh, the men's side, the Portland Timbers, of um, hiding things and um, covering their own uh, own butts on things. And, uh, and and so we see that this isn't just a church phenomenon, but there's something about faith communities. AJ and I over lunch talked about uh, what's going on at Christianity Today, and I just listened to uh, the Mike Cosper part- podcast about uh, you know Christianity Today reporting on sexual harassment and misconduct in their own organization. And so AJ, it's not surprising that people. Uh, who love Jesus and even have a formative ecclesiology. They they care yeah. about the church. Yeah. They don't want to be solo Christians. Yep. But I think what Mike's talking about, we talked about the rise of the ums and what to do about it, is these people who have a theology of church, but then find their experiences of the church difficult, yep. unsatisfying, uh, sometimes traumatizing. And, uh, and, and, and I'm sure that you experienced this with your students, uh, with people in your community. Um, what, what, what do you think about how we respond to the very legitimate concerns and difficulties of the rise of the ums? Yeah, there's, so let's, let's clear, be clear with our terms here. So the nuns, uh, which is language that, um, it's not ours. This is, this has been kind of a category that's been thrown around are referring to not Catholic nuns, but <laughs> referring to, uh, those who do not, they're not affiliated on a religious level. So mm-hmm. they've pulled away from a affiliation with a particular denomination or religion. Uh, we have what are called the duns. So those that have walked away from traditional religion or organized religion. Um, there's also, I, I call them sums in uh, my book after doubt. These are people who sort of um, cater their own religious 
uh, ideology or belief system. And then this new category of the ums, which we're, we're saying are, uh, Mike would say, are people that are committed to the way of Jesus, but are really finding themselves either isolated or um, maybe unwilling to participate in something that they're struggling to believe in. I think two things that immediately strike me is I've seen on, on multiple occasions first um, these <clears throat> kind of meta big picture societal studies of what, what is it, what's taking place uh, in the West, but in particular in America. And it, it does seem there, there have been a quite, a, quite a few folks who have talked about this. The folks over at the, uh, the good faith podcast, uh, uh, have done a really good, they've talked about this quite a bit. It's been a theme of a lot of their, their conversations, which is this increasing distrust in organizations, institutional distrust that we are losing as a culture, we're losing faith in institutions yeah. that for a long time have played, have been the framework of so much of our society and yeah. our, and our trust in those, and those institutions could be, you know, myriad, you could say, you know, governmental institutions, you could say uh, your local YMCA, your uh, nonprofit, uh, your church, just a general loss of trust in uh, institutions mm-hmm. um, that we that w- what we're talking about here is not simply something that's happening in the church. You see this in in people voting. You see this yeah. in people and the way they engage the school boards. And their I mean, colleges, it's a cro- universities. colleges, universities, yeah. a just a disintegration of trust that these organizations and institutions are doing what they were created to do. Right. In addition to that, and I think this is why it's so prominent in a lot of Protestant churches is a lot of the Protestant conscience, uh, a lot of the evangelical conscience that comes out of the, um, the, the Protestant Reformation really did, did it get, it get it, we were formed in some sense as a rebellion against institutions. Right. I mean, we, and, and we, we are as a, as a, as a church movement kind of inherently, uh, Distrusting towards large religious magisterium, right. big big religion, and a lot of that you know is derived from the way of Jesus. I mean, for heaven's sake! I mean, you know, you read the Gospels, Jesus butts heads more with the you know Pharisees and Sadducees than anybody else. Um, you know, it's a little bit in the in the way of Jesus, but really in the Protestant tradition, that becomes like an almost cultural impulse for us. So. I'm seeing this distrust in churches a lot more in Protestant churches than I am in like Catholic churches, um, than I am in other kinds of churches. It's it's unique. It's not just happening here, but I think it's particularly heightened in our communities. And it no doubt is connected to our ability at any moment of the day to to switch on our iPhone and find on Twitter and TikTok, an endless stream of stories of people that have been wounded by these institutions. It makes total sense. Right. I get it. Um, I'm grieving. I mean, my, uh, for years I've listened to and been a, a huge, um, been wildly blessed by Bruxy Cavey, who yeah, pastored yeah. Uh, the meeting house in uh, Canada. And we're not going to utilize our space here to, uh, to beat anybody up. But I mean, when, when you've had a hero of yours proved to be not the hero that you thought they were, how can you not begin to rethink your trusts? Yeah. So, but 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 
I'm not going to end there because I'm not, I'm not, I think like you, we really believe in the church. Right. The church invisible and the church visible as well. And I, when I look at the gospels, Jesus was wildly aware of how broken the religious system of his own time was. And yet he still went to synagogue. (laughs) Right. He was a part of a local worshiping body of people. And you gotta, you know, somebody could ask, was Jesus complicit in the brokenness of uh, the religious system in the world? Was he, you know, advocating for supporting Rome that was doing, you know, horrible Roman world domination stuff by saying we should give what is to Caesar to Caesars? Um, but we don't get to live in a world where we're not participants on some level with a broken, a broken institution. Yeah. So, so I, I for the ums, I, I appreciate that Mike wrote this. Um, part of me, I, I don't know who it is in me, but part of me wants to say, yes, I get it. And the ch- being a part of the church really matters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, my, and Mike ultimately wants to invite people to that. He's just giving expression to, to a kind of post pandemic, if we can call it that. God help us. I yeah. hope it's a post pandemic, but a post pandemic phenomenon of people saying, okay, now that we have the physical opportunity to go to church, why is it so hard yeah. Yeah. to step into those doors? I think a lot of it is trust, feeling like I can't trust the person behind the pulpit, because yeah. yeah. I don't know what they're actually doing up there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what's happening when I'm not looking. Um, and, you know, let's go back to Jesus. Um, my, my wife and I and our kids are kind of on and off again watching The Chosen, mm. which uh, is a TV show, and it's imperfect, and I've heard a lot of criticism against it, but it does help you imagine one scenario of what it was like to to see this group of, of you know, Motley Crue mm. uh, people following Jesus. Right, yes. And one thing that I'm struck by when I watch... Have you watched The Chosen? Uh, one episode, okay. but I stopped watching it because I don't want... I don't want the images of the show to ruin my reading of the text, to be honest Fair with enough. you. Because it's so well done. I it mean, is. It's it so is well, well done. done. Um, but but what, what I do appreciate about it is it really shows you how complex the backgrounds and relationships of the different disciples would have been hmm. to have people of, of very different persuasions and politics, perhaps religious traditions and expressions, and have them thrust together hmm. Um, and, and so there are some episodes where Jesus is not around and, and the disciples are just almost at each other's throats. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so that, if that's realistic, and I think it is, it causes you to wonder what was Jesus up to when he picked very broken people? Now, I'll be the first to say this doesn't condone wrongdoing of any kind no, 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 no. to say no. that Jesus chooses, chooses broken people. It doesn't condone and we should punish crimes. We should cause people to go through programs of rehabilitation. And Abuses should be uncovered. Absolutely. We need so to I'm, name these I'm things. in no Absolutely. way yep. trying to justify that. But um, stepping into a church is an act of trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and you and I, um, you know, I, I think partly is, and the guy who wrote this uh, article, Mike, who's a friend of mine, he's theologically educated. AJ is. I am as well. Uh, in some ways, we know too much. 
Mm. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it, it's it's um, it's kind of like going to watch a sci-fi movie with a scientist, and they keep whispering in your ear, "That's not possible." Right. And spaceships <laughs> don't make sounds when they shoot lasers because right. there's no sound in right. space. You know, and you're like, Shh, "No, don't tell me what you know. Like yes. you're ruining yes. it." Yes. Yes. In some ways, you know, it's funny when I show up to a church un- unannounced. Because if the preacher knows me, they they feel like I'm testing them or yeah. I'm going to send them some notes. Um, <laughs> but you know, I feel like for people like me and Mike and you, um, we you know we walk in and we know we can kind of read mm. the room and sense yeah. you know things. And so church can be very unsatisfying because we've been to a lot of churches. We know how churches work. Um, we know all the goods and bads of churches. Um, so it does require a vision for um, trying to be part of making a community better. Yeah, 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 and learning to trust again. I mean, you know, when we're talking with an um who who has had legitimate claims of of uh, church hurt or whatnot, to begin to trust again is a very difficult thing to do. Yeah. To extend yourself, to open up at the very place of wounding that caused you uh, to 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 depart in the first place. I, I I always notice this in I, this has happened a couple times in pre-marriage counseling when I'm working with a couple that's about to get married is that one of the people in the couple one of the couple one of the two people in the couple in the relationship will say something to the effect of why do you want to see what's in my bank account don't you trust me don't you trust me why do you need to look <laughs> yeah. and underneath that we, that's not what we're saying we're not saying just trust and don't uh, do it blindly because that often is what leads to the greatest hurt. Right. I, I think it was uh, Ronald Reagan who said about Gorbachev, he said, trust but verify, you know, about the Russians. Yeah. You got trust, but you got to verify it. Yeah. Trust is not the absence of accountability. It's not the absence of account. Um, but there is an element of trust that, that comes with like, I'm going to trust, but I'm going to verify. I'm going to do the work of ensuring that this is the, the right place. Blind faith in that sense really can actually harm us and set us up for deep wounded. If we just go in and go, I'm going to trust everything here. No, we need to discern. We need right. to we need to we need to grow in our trust. The trust needs to be earned. Trust but verify. And so trust is not the absence of account. Um but you know, I don't how, how do you um go from an um um to to being a part of a community where you're finding life again? Like how does one move in those in those directions? Um, how how does one take concrete steps if they're in this place of being an um? How do they take some slow concrete steps to begin to enter into the bride, the body of Christ uh, again? What would you say? Uh, what would you say about that? I, just, I knew you'd ask me. <laughs> There's nobody else in the room, AJ. You got to ask me. Um, okay, so what I try to think about is if it were me, if if I'm you know I think about my students, many of them in the Chicago Chicago metro area. Um, I think if I'm a, sh- a person lives in Chicago and I'm wrestling, you know, I, I went online for church during the pandemic. Things are kind of opening up and now I have the opportunity to go back, but I'm scared. I'm disoriented. I'm frustrated. I think I would start by tag along, tag alonging with someone I trust. Yes. Yeah. Right, I was going to say the same. So I no, nope. you you can't say it after I say it. <laughs> uh, like I I there's wisdom in it. I mean, going with someone that you know. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's I think very important. Like I would think about someone that I respect, who I feel like has proven themselves as a person of 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 integrity, and I would say um, I don't have 
just in me the strength to do this, but can I come with you? Like literally, yeah. literally, can you come pick, drive over and pick me up yeah. and take me with you to church and I'm going to sit with you? Yeah. And, um, you know, if you feel comfortable, you know, like, you know, kind of just being there with that family. Um, those would be the first steps towards, you know, a second step, third step might be like, I'm going to meet with the pastor there. You know, once I've sensed that this might be a person I can trust and I just want to lay bare my story, my questions, concerns, and feelings without being mean or presuming bad things, but just saying, you know, you know, pastor Sam, uh, I've been hurt by the church. Um, I've experienced these things. I've seen these things go on in the news. And I just, I just want to know wh- how you're processing all this because that whatever they say will be telling. If they say, "Oh, I, I've never even thought about this," like that's telling. Or if they're defensive, that's a pretty good sign on the front end yeah. that they're not really interested in your spiritual formation as much as they are defending something. They're yeah. they're sort of a lawyer for the church or something like that. Uh, another thing I'd say, and uh, this is a little bit hypocritical because um, I struggle uh, with tolerating children, but I would say. <laughs> Commit yourself to a part of the church where you're working with children. You know if that's uh, if that if that's uh, workable, um, because these are generally speaking a group of people who have been uh, who are ignorant. <laughs> uh, they're ignorant and simple enough uh, of the scandals and things to be able to process faith questions in a way that might mm. rejuvenate your own faith. By ignorant, you mean uh, it's a refreshing naivete. That's Some, right. Yeah, not, that. ignorant of yeah. what's going on on Twitter or what's yes. going on in yes. the news. They're not on TikTok. Yeah. 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 I just think of with my younger kids, especially, and um, just the big questions they ask about God yeah. yep. and yep. about heaven and their favorite stories of the Bible. And hearing kids express that um, has, has, Given me kind of a shot in the arm sometimes. A.W. Tozer would always, when he would preach uh, his sermon, this was in his biography, he would preach, and when he would finish preaching, he always felt really awkward being around uh, the adults because he wanted to know what they thought about his sermon. And he was famous. He would always, after he's done preaching, he would go directly into the children's ministry and hang out with the people who didn't care what his sermon was about. Um, There's a a freedom that comes with... Being around those that are are refreshingly naive about uh, uh, the arguments of of our age, um, yeah, there's a lot of wisdom in that. I really resonate with your idea of going with people that you trust yeah. and almost borrowing their trust capital, yeah. some, something to that effect, or, or hiding. You know, I think of I think of Colossians when Paul says that we're hidden. You know, we're hidden yeah, in Christ. Right. In some way, you can hide in them, yeah. not hiding from God. But being being shielded in some way by by um, you know the, that that family's agency. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of uh, beauty in the church, and it's and we don't go to get you know there is an element of mystery in just being a part of the church, the body and the blood of Christ, and uh, the mystery of the preaching of the word and being in the presence of God. But there there are also just sheer benefits of being a part of a community, worshiping. I uh, in one of my um, one of my lectures I do at my university, I talk about this uh, interesting study that had come out with the National Bureau of Economic Research uh, that's about, uh, is religion good for you? Mm. These are some stats, just just in terms of like an empirical study of what happens to somebody when they regularly go to church. Uh, they double the rate of religious attendance. Doubling the re- rate of religious attendance raises household income by 9.1%. I could use that. Okay. I'm going to start going to two church services a week. 
Um, I'm taking notes. Yep. <clears throat> decreases welfare participation by 16% from baseline rates, decreases the odds of being divorced by 4%, and increases the odds of being married by 4.4%. And then uh, there's been a, a number of other studies that have looked at uh, deaths by despair, uh, significantly lower deaths by despair uh, numbers um, among those that go to church. And there's, mm. I mean, we, again, we want to be cautious to say we go, we don't go to church for the benefits, but there, there's a, there's a kind of, there's just a vitality to being a part of a community that worships together. Right. And this is not a way to shame people that can't make their way to church or immunocompromised or um, are not able-bodied. That's not what at all what this is mm-hmm. about, but there is a call. There's a call to the body and the blood of Christ to being together. And maybe if that's you, take a risk. Take a, take a step, a small step. Um, we support you in that. God, God is with you as you take that step. And hide. Hide with some friends yeah. uh, in the presence of God at, at a, at a, in a community. Uh, give it a shot. Yeah. That's, that's good advice. Thanks, AJ. Yeah, thank you.